Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitation. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitation. Good Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Positive Living Vibrations with Sarah, and I hope everybody is surviving the retrograde out there. I know that uh, many people have been hit by more snow and storms and rainy weather, and hold on, folks, spring is around the corner. We have a very special guest on tonight, William Whitecloud, and he's going to be talking to us about The Last Shaman and the Embracement of Your Knowingness. Um, This book is about a lost soul who goes home to a war-torn Africa to bury his father. Who knew it would be a journey of self-discovery and the embracement of his soul? William Whitecloud, the author, has lived in Africa, and he writes from a knowing perspective of the African people. He has also had his own journey into awakening and the understanding of soul and spirit, to which he is going to address here today. William had an illness that crippled him for nine years. No doctor could say what was wrong with him. They were stumped. But one day, by chance or divineness, he met a gentleman who redirected him and thus began a journey into health and awareness. Now healed and living in purpose, William wrote this Magician's Way, the prequel to this book, The Last Shaman. Being a man of spirit, he let the book guide him to where the messages we learn from it And I believe that there is a number three book there waiting to come out. He says maybe not, but I'm praying so. William lived in Africa as a child and moved to Australia and now resides in California. I love this book. I couldn't put it down. I lent it to a friend who is very stuck in his ways and has taken me a long time to even open up the door. He loved the book so much that he wants to read it again. It opened up his awareness and allowed him to question and to believe. There is a rhythm on a beat in Africa that awakens your soul and has your heart dancing to that beat. The spirit of the people and their knowingness is very evident. So, what is knowingness? Well, to me, it is listening to your soul's truth, the divine truth, then letting it ignite your heart into passion of that truth, then giving it to your spirit to go into action, and then trusting your head where you extract what you need to know at that moment, and where all knowingness of all these truths are combined. When you're in knowingness, there is no doubt. There's no need for clarification or other thought other than what is needed in your now. William speaks to it in a different way. And you may have to read the book to know his secret. You know, I'll let him divulge if he wants to speak to that. But we speak our truth just using different verbiage the way to speak it. The key here is to listen to your instincts. 
Trust what you see and don't see. Look beyond the vision. Don't take for granted the object you think you see before you. Be aware, be awoken, and let your soul's voice in. There are a couple of statements that he made in the book that I wish William to address. One being, we straddle in being poor, but we don't think of being rich. It's all the same vibration. Well, on that note, let us bring William in and ask him all about that statement. Hello, William. How are you today? Hello, Sarah. Um, what a fabulous introduction. I'm, I'm just sorry that I'm not going to listen to you talk for half an hour. Oh, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're more interesting, William. And with that book, oh, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. That was very interesting listening to you. Love, loved it. I love your voice as well, of course. But anyway, um, thanks for having me on your show. Um, thrilled to be on a show called Art of Positive Living, I must say. Well, we've got to keep those positive, good vibrations going, don't we? <laughs> Absolutely. So, I really want you to address the, you know, the last shaman. But you wrote uh, the Magician's Way before uh, first, and uh, and I know that it's a continuing story. I haven't got to read that one yet, um, and I certainly will because I absolutely loved the last shaman. So, you know, how about you just tell us a little bit about the character in the book? You know, how both of the books came about. Well, yeah, the, the, how, how the first book came about, the, the Magician's Way, was just simply that I wanted to write a book that could, you know, in a, in a, in a compelling way convey the teachings that I um, convey through the medium of uh, seminars and uh, workshops. And, you know, what I found was the textbooks re- related to my field of uh, teaching are very hard to get people to read. <laughs> they tend to be very turgid and stiff, and people complain that they're unreadable and boring. And you know, I'm always going, well, but you know, can't you invest a few hours to just get the, the information? And so, very frustrated. You know, I was very frustrated, and so I wanted to write something. So I set about writing a textbook. But as it happened, what I realised when I was writing the introduction, which I was when I wrote the introduction or I was writing their introduction originally, I was writing about a true story that had happened to me, uh, a golf lesson, actually, that I'd had that had been a profound lesson in the art of, uh, you know, creating, of, of magic, really. And so I thought this would be the perfect introduction. But while I was writing the introduction, it turned into a story. And, and I then just, you know, if I've had any good sense in my life, that was it. Was I had the good sense to go with that story and, and let it, unfold in its own way and it was about a character called Mark Vale who you know was taught the mechanics of of creating and and basically the magician's way which became the number one best selling metaphysical book in Australian history um, Ooh, wow. that you know that 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 book was uh, couched that the lessons were conveyed in the the metaphor of of the seven secrets of magic these seven principles that help you understand mechanically how to construct your life in such a way and, and focus and pay attention in such a way that, um, you know, it will be the end result of what you truly desire that will then manifest in your life, that that will be compelled into your life, that you can create up a sort of almost like a tension-seeking resolution system that will, you know, powerfully attract um, 
you, you know, your, your your desired end results into your life. And so that that was what the magician's way um, fulfills and, and addressed. But of, of course, the, the thing is, Sarah, as, as you appreciate, and I, and I know you know this, is is that there's much more to creating than just the mechanics of thinking mm-hmm. you know something and paying attention to that, choosing it every day, putting up a vision board of it or, or you know, making affirmations or, or whatever. Um, you know, th- there's a wisdom that, that drives creating. There's, there's, a, there's a knowingness that, that drives creating, mm-hmm. creating. There's a self-awareness that you have to have at a deeper level than to wield those really to their maximum effect and, and effectiveness. And so then the last shaman then you know, became Mark's journey in, in the discovery of that, of, of that knowingness. And, you know, what I believe is that, um, in, in my view, the biggest thing going on planet Earth is I'm, I'm not so interested or excited about crop circles, although <laughs> they are phenomenal. But I'm not, I'm not too interested in the fact of alien visitation and, you know, the conspiracy theories that do the rounds and whatever. To, to me, the thing that's fascinating, that's interesting, that is the biggest story of our lives is just the fact that we are being guided, that every second, every mm-hmm. minute of our lives, there's a force guiding us <laughs> to, the, to the highest possibility and in line with our highest destiny. And that if we have the ability to be aware of that, to have the the you know the, the will to be aware of that or the ability even to to be aware of that um, and the will to follow that uh, guidance, then our lives are going to be transformed and and not just our lives. In in so doing, we we transform the world around us. In fact, when when we're able to do that, and, and so then the last shaman, which is the the new book that I've just released, is you know that that that's the heart, that's the theme of it, and and. Basically, mm-hmm. it is an instruction in, in that principle of, uh, you know, coming to be aware of your guidance, learning how to follow it, and actually then also putting that into practice. Because, you know, the thing about following your guidance is we're we, we, we rejecting it all the time, every, every minute of our lives. Basically, most people are rejecting the guidance they're receiving, uh, even unconsciously, because it yeah. doesn't fit in with their rational paradigm. So, so it mm-hmm. doesn't make sense, in other words, so they're rejecting it. So the art of, of, of connecting with your guidance and then following it is, is a supreme art, and, and yet the most you know, wonderful reward to be had from doing so, the most sublime experience of life possible arises out of that ability. And, you know, you kind of hit the the nail on the head here is, um, you know, basically, you know, everybody knows that I'm a soul awareness, an awakener, you know, let's wake up to our soul that has its own intelligence, it's the divine's way of communicating with us, and everybody sits in their head, and if it doesn't, if it's not rational, if it's not logical, if it's not something they can clarify or label or dictate or categorize, um, they get confused with it because they forget to listen to the rest of the information. The soul has a voice. The heart has a voice. The spirit has a voice. And, you know, for me, as I said, that's where the knowingness comes from, is listening to all of the voices. And that's one of the things I really loved in the book is that, uh, you know, I'm a soul awakener, but you, you woke my soul into a different perspective, which is what I loved. You know, you, you took me on a journey that was exciting. And uh, as I say, you used different terminology, but there were those aha moments. Ah, yes, that's another way of looking at it. And, you know, it's, 
even as teachers, we need reminding now and again. And uh, in seeing somebody else's art awakens our own spirit and our own understanding. And for that, I, I thank you. And, you know, getting back to this uh, comment, you know, the one that you made in there is we struggle of being poor, but we don't think of being rich. It's all the same vibration. Uh, vibration, frequency, wavelengths is, is everything, isn't it? And if we give energy to the negative, we're robbing from the positive. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and you see, this is the thing is that it, it goes to really to the heart of creating or manifesting or, or living in alignment. You know, wh whatever, you, whatever you want to call it and whatever your model for understanding it is, the, the thing about it is that the problem that we have is that, you see, peop we, we, we're all learning powerful tools for creating, for living. But, the, the, you know, it's, it's just like... Um, a gun, you might say, if you if you don't mind this weird uh, analogy, a, a gun can be used for for good. It's, it's just what how, how do we direct our weapons? Mm -hmm. You see, um, yeah. and 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 that that then determines whether they're a good thing or a bad thing, and and it's the same with creating. And um, you know, we we have a creative power, and there's a lot of creative technology that we're being taught like the law of attraction, the secret, the sort of thing that millions of people are cottoning on to. But the, the thing is, that, and I would call it a problem, the problem is is that if you're going to use this, um, this technology, as I call it, to further your rational constructs, that's all you're going to get out of it, you see. It's, it's mm -hmm. like, um, it, it, you know, people, people's first relationship with manifesting, with creating, with opening up to the possibility of having the life of their dreams is actually having the life of their ego's dreams because yeah. the, the thing is is that what how, how it works basically is that in coming to earth we pure you know we're beings of pure creative spirit connected to everything through all time and space and that is you know we're, we're beings of connection of connectivity and that is the basis of our intuitive and creative power but the problem is is that you can't be you know you can't be here just like a, a cosmic soup connected to everything to to have the kind of life that we're having and and create in the way that we're creating you have to individuate you have to create an individual uh, sense of existence and so the way we do that um, in the individuation phase, in the earliest phase of life, when we're in the womb and when we're uh, very young children, is we take on beliefs of separate, that essentially are notions of separation, they're notions of limitation, notions of incompleteness. And we see ourselves as being incomplete. We understand ourselves as being incomplete and, and separate, which is great because it creates that sense of, uh, that that wonderful sense of uniqueness and individuality that that yeah. I'm right now enjoying. I'm I'm thrilling in being William White Cloud author. You know, chatting away about this. I'm I'm having a good time. But the the, the thing that the side effect of that is that then we have ideas of limitation, of uh, separation, of incompleteness. Etc. That we then develop a compensating tendency towards that, and 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 our myth, uh, our egoic myth, our personal myth, you know, the, the framework for understanding the meaning of our lives, is that we have to resolve our identity, that we have to resolve this uh, illusion of of incompleteness, and and you find that's what everyone actually is involved in and engaged in, and it doesn't matter how powerful the technology that you gain. 
Um, if, if you're applying it to resolving your sense of identity, uh, your sense of separation, all you're doing is perpetuating that and, and, and perpetuating struggle and suffering. And no matter what you create, it, it, it never re reaches a fulfilling stage. It's never enough. I was just at a workshop not long ago where, and it was a big one facilitated by a friend of mine, and, and there were many people there that I knew that I considered to be, you know, very accomplished people. And the facilitator said to them, put up your hand if you've, you know, gone for things in your life and then achieved them and then felt empty by the end of it. Mm -hmm. And I was stunned to see all the hands go up, including yeah. these people I knew know very well who are, are very accomplished. And, and I went, you know, there you go. That's, that's the whole story. These people have used all these resources to create yes. all these amazing results that actually didn't make them feel any more connected, made them feel more separate. And so the thing, the thing that we've got, you know, where the, 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 the part that knowingness plays, that self-awareness plays, that intuition plays, means that we can see into ourselves, that we can know ourselves at deep levels and, and, and separate our compensating tendency, separate our egoic drive from our authenticity, from our authentic self, the part of us that has you know, a true purpose and, and a true nature and you know, where our heart lies and what is, re you know, what is really significant to us, what is really meaningful to us, to us, what we really care about, and get on with putting our attention on that and applying these technologies to that, so that that is what uh, manifests in our lives. That that, that yeah. our that our true connected nature unfolds, and and in in the way that serves all that we're connected to. There's, there's another statement that you made, which really kind of. Um you know, everybody talks about suffering, and everybody's suffered something. And you've put pain is what holds you to the world of waking suffering. And suffering is when you don't understand the purpose of the pain. I loved that comment. You know, we go through things in life because they're a lesson. They're here to teach us something. And sometimes the lesson just simply might be you survived it. You found courage within yourself. You stood up and took charge and ownership of yourself to make yourself that unique person and walk forward and we have to understand the the adversity that we come across in order to find that unique imprint of ourselves you know, I look along the body you know how many trillions of cells do we have in the body but what happens when those cell structures start breaking down one by one we're now going into disease and disorder and the body starts breaking down it is very, very important that each one of those cell structures stays, you know, plump and healthy and vibrant and serves its purpose. So the collective can be a healthy being. And I think people get mixed up when they're looking at collectiveness as you're signing yourself over to something and losing that identity. And when we are living in that identity of our own purpose and empowerment, we are actually, you know, liberating those cells to be more than what the collective can be. I think I think the thing is about um, really, you know, being an awakened being, and you know, coming to live from a higher place than serving one's identity, isn't isn't so much a, a losing of personal freedom. Actually, mm -hmm. it's 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 the opposite. It's, it's, the, yeah. it's, it's the discovering of personal freedom. Yeah. It's, it's it's the you know, it's, it's the indulging in in personal freedom. I'll show the. <laughs> the um the indian mystic you know who uh, who was called rajneesh and was labeled i think he was branded by the indian government as a spiritual terrorist a very a very <laughs> interesting man and, and very controversial 
um, he, he said that you know it's the path of, of selfishness, which shocked and confronted many people. But it's, it's not it's not selfish in the way that we normally mm-hmm. understand the world the, the word where we think of we act yeah, in a way where we we we, we, yeah. we don't care about anybody else and it's all right. for us and it's, it's kind of like a greedy orientation but actually what what he means what what I interpret his meaning to be is how I understand it is it's it's an orientation in which you 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 really true to yourself you you consider what it is that matters to you what you love and you you act you you make a stand for that and 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 nothing else and and not you know uh whether it's going to you know hurt someone else's feelings or even your own feelings for that matter yeah. um it's it's a very courageous orientation where you you know really are in touch with what is meaningful true and honest yes. To you and you behave in that way right. in spite of whatever you fear but you find that when you do it, it actually really turns out well for you it, it really fulfills you it, it, it rewards you and enriches you in, in every kind of way emotionally in terms of fulfillment in, in what it gives to others and, and so in being almost so called selfish you you actually then you know enrich yourself but also I, I you call also it the then imp- uh, the importance of you you know you have to be important in your own life if you're half empty you serve nobody first Absolutely. there is you and you need to be abundant so your cup runneth over but it's very very different to self importance self importance is ego it's insecurity and it is that you know that needing to be adored as opposed to the importance of you where it is that we need to take ownership and responsibility for our own choices in life and look after ourselves so we are part of that healthy cell structure. So it's very important that we feed ourselves and all of our senses. Exactly. Well, you see, when, when I sort of came to the realizations I came to and, and started changing and transforming, the first thing that occurred to me was that I was psychic and that I should uh, – be you know be a psychic and 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 I hung up my shingle as a psychic and it, it appalled my family and and you know I was very ashamed and embarrassed for myself mm-hmm. and for them and uh, you you know there was a lot of pressure on me to uh, you know not not be this kind of fruit loop as as, as everyone saw it and and you know uh-huh. bring shame bring, bring shame to the family and, and all of that yeah. but but I persisted I put that banner on my head as well. <laughs> I know where you're at. <laughs> I, 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 I it. Was, it was my truth. And, and in spite of the mm-hmm. fact that I wasn't comfortable with it and my, my friends and family weren't comfortable with it and, and even a, a few people disowned me, I persisted. It was, it was true for me. And anyway, yes. I, I grew into the person that I grew into. And, and here's the funny thing is, is that without even trying, um, everyone else that I was close friends with the people in my community, my family and friends, they came around without me trying to seeing the way, you know, life the way I saw it and opening up to being the kind of people. They became the people the same as I had become, you know, and, and I was, and, and they even acknowledge me to this day that I, I, I led them in that and, and without, you know, preaching to them or anything, but just by becoming that person. You cut yeah. us over, your vibration was high, and in that you inspired, and through that inspiration, you invited. You know, that's well, what and, we can do, be that beacon of light that that attracts people to finding their own truth. Exactly, and, and you know, it's it's no small thing, because 
you see, what you have to understand is, is my family and, and community and friends were embroiled in the whole changeover from the apartheid system in South Africa mm-hmm. to majority rule, you see, from, let's face it, let's just be honest, from, from white rule to black rule. And, and if, yeah. if they hadn't have had the consciousness that I led them to, it would have been a very rough thing for them to accept yeah. and, and, and could have caused, you know, a real hardship, uh, suffering, violence, death. I don't know what. It could have been really bad. But because I prepared the soil for them, they, they could really adapt and make the changes in a much more effortless way. And, and so it had, an, you know, it had an, a, a profound impact on a community, just the fact that at some point well, I just decided have, that I was a psychic a and I could be... Right. And, you know, in your book, you, you kind of, you see that journey there. You know, I lived in South Africa, um, myself, not in Africa. I know you were further up there, but in South Africa. And I actually left before the apartheid actually um, broke down. But um, I was engaged to an Afrikaner at one time who uh, was still fighting the Boer War. <laughs> the yeah, yeah, exactly. The yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I was British and I was the enemy. And, you know, it was a different type of mentality over there. But, you know, you can't go through that with a book where you take us into that journey, where if you, if you look at what's happening around the world in other countries and what they're, you know, they're striving, you know, Rwanda, the Hutus, you know, everybody fighting for that, uh, to stand uh. dignified in themselves. So I think, again, out of that adversity, um, your beacon of strength led people through. And you know, we're not here to dictate people. Uh, you know, we're no. not here to preach. We're here to show them what works for us. And these are our guiding tools. And if you so wish, use these tools because you may find the light within yourself. And that's, you know, again, what I know you teach and also what your book represents. Um, how about you take this time for a moment to um, um, – there's two things I want you to do. One, let everybody know how they can get the book and how they can get hold of you, your site. And then a question I want you to answer, please, is um, I refer to that nine years of illness where, um, you know, without going into too much, you know, you, you were sick and nobody could find the, you know, what was wrong with you, and then that one person that changed that direction for you, because I'd love you to hit on that. <laughs> okay. Well, just, just thank, thanks for giving me this opportunity, Sarah, all, all around. And just simply the, way to, the, way, the best way to get hold of the book, the best way to uh, c- connect with me, find out more uh, create resources, even free resources, uh, but free chapters from the books, etc., is, is just simply go to my website, uh, williamwhitecloud.com, and um, it, it's all there, and uh, as I say, marvelous resources there for um, getting a lo- onto the path that, that we're talking about now, not just getting onto it, but you know, staying on it and coming to realize all the benefits, that are, that are the wonderful benefits that are available by virtue of following this path. Um, so that, that's williamwhitecloud.com. So just to uh, address your second question there, what you wanted me to talk to, I think, is that I had the nine-year illness, yes, and, and it took me to my deathbed. No one knew what was wrong with me. No one could cure it, and, and I was literally on my deathbed and, until um, I met a young man uh, who told me that he knew what was wrong with me and he knew the cure for the illness. And he, he told, from, from what he's told me, I, I, I knew that he had had it because he described it to me in a way that, that you know, I just knew for certain. Um, he was the first person I could relate to in, in, in years. And he told me that if I started eating meat again and drinking white wine 
with my meals and having some coffee every day and smoking some cigarettes every day that I would get better that I would get better very quickly. And you know, I mean that that was a very confronting thing to hear to hear from a guy who says I've got the cure for you and then for him to tell me that because that was like anathema to everything that <laughs> all the conventional wisdom that existed exactly. then and exists now you know, let's even. Let's enjoy life, Nate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and, and you know, I did I, I, because I had nothing to lose. I, I related to him. There, there was something um, about him and what he said that kind of rang true for me in a way and furthermore as I said I didn't have anything to lose so I took his prescription and I did I got better very quickly and bounced back to health um, you know just just so quickly and and the thing about that though is that I, I never ever believed for any amount of time for one minute even that there was actually any efficacy in um, the substances that he had prescribed I just realized from that that there must be some way in which I pay attention, that I focus in in my life, that then creates my reality, that creates my experience of life. Because of the kind of focus I'd had for those nine, ten years, and then when I'd taken the focus off, I immediately had a, a different experience of life. Uh, and, right, exactly. You actually set the energy of, of enjoying life and, you know, just kind of embracing life rather than feeding the problem which is what so many of us do do. We've run out of time, my darling. No, and, uh, no. You, I know. No. And, you know, um, <laughs> my, my producer, Michelle, was saying she loves your accent. And for everybody who doesn't know, I mean, it's surprising because you lived in, in Australia, but you still have a very strong South African accent. And I love it, you know, because a lot of times <laughs> people pick it up in me as well. And it's a great, it's a great accent. So it's been a delight listening Thanks. to you. Yeah. I want to thank you so much for coming on. I highly recommend you read the book. But, you know, um, instead of doing it backwards like me, the shaman to the magician, read The Magician's Way and then go to the shaman. I promise you, you will love the journey. You will love the insights. You will love the awakening that comes from it. And to certainly do look uh, William up, you know, williamwhitecloud.com, and, uh, you know, follow his teachings there because I'm sure that he'll be able to awaken you as well. So thank you, William. Have a wonderful evening, my dear. Thanks, Sarah. Great conversation. It definitely was. Thank you. So next week, folks, um, it's all about your health. In fact, March is entirely about your health. And I have a great guest, Suma Nathan, and we will be addressing the importance of your liver, colon, kidneys, because if you're not looking after these, you are destroying the rest of your body. We will discover what we can do to keep yourself in good health and give your body a chance. Remember that cell structure? We want everything to be well. Please don't miss this one. I want everybody to live an abundant life, and that means health as well. And remember, for all my shows, folks, you can go to Choose Positive Living. Dot com, choose positiveliving.com. My current shows are under radio. My uh, all my archive shows are under archive shows. Plus, uh, everybody's uh, links to their own sites if you want to follow up on them. I do ho have wonderful guests like William, and I enjoy it very much. So please tune in next week for a healthy month of uh, discovering how to look after ourselves. And everybody, get through retrograde. Remember, be kind to yourself. Take a deep breath. This is a time for a little creativity and self-embracement. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Goodbye.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.